Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. Ray Allen Canine. It's no secret that we love Ray Allen Canine equipment. We use their products every single day at both Van Ness Canine and at Torchlight. Their mission statement says it all to be the world leader in quality innovation for professional canine equipment for police, military, Schutzen, and ring sport. Tend to exceed their customers' expectations and deliver on time every time at a fair price. We full heartedly believe that they've held true to that since it is our go to one stop shop for everything canine, not just police dogs, but for any working dog. This episode is also brought to you by our good friends over at Dogtra, dogtra.com. It's the e-collars that Ted and I use. It's e-collars most police dog guys use. Dogtra.com, e-collars, bark collars, ball launchers, one-stop shop for everything you need for your working dog, dogtra.com. One of the other sponsors we're proud to have is HITS Canine Training Conference. It's the premier Amer- it's the premier canine training seminar in the United States, packed to the room with the world's best instructors covering important topics from admins to liability to detection work, all and tracking and everything in between. There's no better place to learn and no better place to network with other handlers, breeders, and trainers. HITS 2022 is being held in Orlando in August. Uh, so hit them up, hitscanine.net. We're super happy to be uh, represented by our good friends at Kinetic Dog Food. Uh, we've got great reviews from people all over the place. Uh, ever since we, we joined up with them and partnered with them, their uh, commitment to your dog's nutrition is top-notch. KineticDogFood.com. Check them out. Jim over at NC Canine out in North Carolina. It's the culmination of 13 years of experience in handling the training uh, law enforcement canines. They use real-world deployments to develop their training program and rely not only on their experience, but the current experience of the nation's canine handlers provide the best canine partner you can get. They provide pet training and police canine training based out of Four Oaks, North Carolina, and they serve the surrounding areas as well as nationally. Feel free to call them and learn more about their dog training program, police canine techniques and methodologies. We got a brand new sponsor, man, American Aluminum Accessories. Uh, my entire time in canine and ever since I've been involved in the dogs, the kennel in the back of our cruisers has always been American aluminum. Uh, check them out. Uh, we're so happy to have them on here. Easyrideronline.com. Easyrideronline.com for everything you need from American aluminum accessories. Speaking of kennels, once you get out of the car, you got to have somewhere to put them. So our friends up in Ohio at Horizon Structures make a one-stop shop for kennel. If you want a two-dog kennel or if you want a 20-dog kennel, they got you covered. They get those things built and they drop it off at your house. All you got to have is a pad, electricity, and water, and you can put dogs in it that day. Horizon Structures can build you anything from mild to wild, and it is the one-stop shop, and you don't have to swing a single hammer. So hit them up, horizonstructures.com. All right, everybody, we are back. Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. I am Eric Sambro coming to you from Canton, Ohio, basically. Um, with me, as always, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, is our co-host, Ted Summers. Ted, what is going on? Uh, worky, worky. Uh, more of the same. Uh, doing some pet dogs and getting the facility built out. The landlord uh, sent the crews over, and we got the uh, teardown done and the drawings done. Um, so it looks, uh, they're going to put a brand new fence in tore a bunch of trees out. Uh, we're going to build a bunkhouse for our veteran program for the VA program. And for, um, like, if you're going to go through handler school with me, I have a place for you to stay, uh, there, we're going to build a shower, all kinds of crazy shit. So it's going to be good. Uh, they're going to put in floor drains 
two giant floor drains. So I can, and then they're going to build where the dogs are, is basically like a giant, you're going to put a curb around it. So it's like mm-hmm. a giant bathtub, and I can just hose that shit down every day with fucking Wizzy Wash and Kennel Saw and push it into the floor drain. Yes, <clears throat> it'll be a nice, or well, me or somebody. So, um, and then uh, I got a single purpose dog that I've got to finish up because he's going to South Dakota probably into May ish. So, yeah, what about you? You got the build out done yet? Uh, no. The, um, Grand opening is scheduled for May 3rd for the new okay. facility for the pet stuff. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We have something going on there the uh, 24th of April on a Saturday. So it'll be basically done. We're going to be training a bunch of new um, daycare girls and my daughter and several of her friends and two of my nieces are going to be working there this year. So this summer, at least <clears throat> we'll see how, how it goes after that. But um and make no bones about it working at daycare sucks and i don't blame anyone who gets sick of it so um one of my original employees she just quit uh the other day was her last day she you know gave me a notice and everything and she's like are we okay i'm like yeah it's doggy daycare you've yeah. been here three years of cleaning piss <laughs> and breaking up you know preventing dog fights and stuff and yeah, that would be uh, like we're still deciding whether we're going to do it and i'm like uh, no I don't, don't i don't don't do it don't do it we're doing don't the board do and trains and i'm even like iffy on doing one-on-ones i don't want to do those mm-hmm. either board and trains are i'm okay with and because i don't have to well i'm just okay with the board and trains because i just have to deal with the dog um mm-hmm. so you know i'm I I am not real enthused about the idea of a doggy daycare. <laughs> no, and it, uh, it doesn't really help. It does. It's not going to do anything but maybe pay your light bill. Um, I, I find it barely pays for itself with because of um, payroll, you know, payroll taxes and all that stuff. Uh, I do get good content and I do get um, clients and we like, I, you know, I like having a place for dogs to go. But um, had I done. If I, I would have done things a little bit differently and I might not have done the daycare, but we're- we have a, they're giving us a 6,500 square foot fenced in yard mm. um, and I'm going to split it up into two. I'm going to build like a USPCA obstacle course for um, the mighty assholes. And then we'll have the other portion of it for like the pets and some of the other stuff and for some of the sport people. Um, but yeah, I don't really real excited about doing yeah. daycare that does not sound and we're not the facility's not set up for it so um because they would suck up all my training floor room and i'm like nah, yeah I'm, I'm good i have two so, days uh, left in my handler school um they graduate on friday and then no more handler schools until the fall and maybe not even then well you know i just got a contract for a single purpose dog I'll do one for that handler over the summer. That's no big deal though. Um, right. And then I got a contract for two more, possibly three more green dogs, but they'll get trained by someone else. So um, anyways, that's it. So what, what's, what do we have going on tonight? Well, uh, tonight we have uh, one of our buddies um, that runs a very nice facility out on the East Coast. That's, um, you know, I think this conversation tonight is going to kind of revolve around um, what the future probably looks like for green dogs and police dog sales, not usage, but sales, because, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on around usage right now, um, which I don't really want to talk about, or at least not on this podcast, not on this episode. 
Uh, but we have with us tonight from Black Rock Canine, uh, David Rivera. David, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Worky, worky. Same as always. <laughs> Same. It's like fucking Groundhog Day. It's get up and go scoop poop and go not get bit. So, <laughs> I, I uh, so um, give us a little bit of your background um, and, you know, how we got to the uh, how we got to this conversation today. Yeah, cool. So um, uh, joined the Air Force, uh, was enlisted for seven years uh, in the civil engineering squadron, had fun with that, um, decided to leave uh, and uh, join, joined uh, the city of Bridgeport Police Department uh, in Connecticut, worked there for some time and uh, switched over to the town of New Canaan. Uh, where I was lucky enough to get partnered up with a canine. I've been working my dog for some time. He's a dual purpose German Shepherd uh, patrol narcotics. And uh, while I was going through school and, and going through my training groups, I, I was, uh, you know, just observing, observing other dogs and, and watching other dogs go out for, um, you know, health issues. Uh, one dog got, uh, I believe it was PRA, progressive retinal atrophy, and went completely blind. And this is after, like, the dog had gone through the entire course. Um, the city had paid, you know, a ton of money. And lucky enough, they had a vendor that, you know, they had been dealing with forever who supplied them with another dog um, at, at no cost. But, you know, you, you talk about the, the overtime uh, comp that that department paid and all for stuff that could really be done or uh, at least screened for with some genetic tests. So I, I started to see that go on and my passion really grew for canine as I was working my dog and uh, working in my department. I kept on having um, people come up to me asking me where I should get my dog and it, it just grew into uh, my company now, which is Black Rock Canines. So yeah, we're, uh, we're here on the East Coast, started in 2017 um, and just been grinding ever since. That's crazy. You started only in 2017 because, um, so uh, I've got uh, several dogs from you. Ted's got several dogs from you. Some other folks we know have. Um, the amount of dogs that you're bringing in on a monthly basis is like astronomical com considering, you know, it's been just a few short years and um, like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to be bringing in what you're bringing in or, or even have that many in my kennel. But um, so like, I, I like everyone, you start out with a couple few kennels. Where are you at now? Man, so um, it, it's it's been a journey. Uh, it, you know, I, I, I'm going to be honest. It's been tough. Uh, you know, running your own business, being a cop at the same time, you have your ups or downs. Uh, luckily enough, um, you know, I'm truly blessed at this point to be in a really really good spot. We have numerous uh, federal contracts with uh, CBP. We're going after a bunch of others. Um, we're looking into the, the detection side of things. Um, you know, it's been great, but it, it's been a process. I mean, just, uh, Eric, you mentioned um, the amount of dogs that uh, we bring in. Um, you know, that was a process, a learning process within itself. 
learning um, you know, how many videos I had to make here in the US oh. to show my <laughs> European uh, vendors, right? And I say European, but you know, I have vendors from across the world that, that deal with us. Um, show them exactly what we're looking for or what I'm looking for in a dog that I'm looking to purchase. And, you know, that's good and bad because mm -hmm. you get to see what the dog looks like. And, and the dog may look like a rock star in a video and you get the dog here and, he, you know, he shits himself going into Home Depot. Um, so you always run those chances. But I've been very lucky to be really upfront with my vendors and let them know, um, you know, the possibilities of continued business if they just do the right thing and supply great dogs. Um, you know, one dog, two dogs, now they add up. The prices of dogs are going up. The, the, the currency exchange, I think it's like uh, for every shipping. one euro. Yeah. What's that? Fucking shipping. Oh, oh shipping. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, but you figure right now with, with the currency exchange rate, one euro, one euro is one a dollar 19 cents and it fluctuates daily so i mean i've been stuck paying a dollar 22 um per year per euro so you try to hit it when when the market's right um but the price of dogs for guys like me just keep on increasing there's so much competition across the world you have other countries so you know saudi arabia china just going in there and and paying big bucks um quite frankly, for the best dogs first. And, and, and you know how it is. You, you get what you pay yeah. for. You know, he and I, I knew when, before we started recording for everybody watching and listening to this, like we kind of like did a rundown of what we we're going to talk about. And <laughs> I knew that this was going to open a can of worms and shit that it ever. So let's back up for a second. So um, when you get your first dog, um, what was the selection process there? Did you select the dog? Did the vendor select the dog for you? Uh, cause you're in, uh, you're in Connecticut. What's the, what's the process for, for going through school? Cause I know like the mass state guys have a process that's not uninvolved <laughs> to get a police dog there. So what's the process like there in the selection? Uh, like before we go down all these other comments. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so in my own department, it was, um, it, it, it was tough, you know, you, you had to put in, um, a mem memorandum to the chief saying that you were interested in being a canine officer. And then um, they took a look at your uh, performance within the last couple of years, motor vehicle stops, um, what you've done. You know, if, if you're a dirtbag, they'd probably uh, pass up on you for that position. Um, but then we had an oral board uh, along with that. And uh, the vendor at the time sat I'm sorry, no, he didn't sit in it. It was, uh, it was a, a chief from another department that was a canine handler before, my deputy chief and my chief. And they ran us through um, a bunch of questions. And basically based on the questions and the way you answered, you were, you were ranked and graded. And so, um, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm in a small department. So I went from city of Bridgeport at that time had 430 officers to a small suburban town with, uh, I think, 47 sworn. Um, so it was me and another guy that had put in for the position, and I ultimately got it over him. Um, but it's funny, like in the canine world, you know, we the, the chief talked about having two dogs in the department, and the second dog just never came. So I got really lucky in getting the dog. Yeah, that 
inevitably happens. Uh, we, Eric and I see that a lot. So um, when you guys make the decision that you're going to be the chauffeur, um, who, uh, you don't have to, I mean, you can, if you want, tell us where the dog came from, but not. Um, so what was the selection process like for the dog? Basically where I want to go is um, we're going to kind of head towards the, um, the bottleneck problem with supply and demand. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so there's a, there's another, um, canine vendor in Connecticut. Um, you know, they do a good job too. Um, so we went there, um, uh, and, and, and I was basically a spectator, like, you know, this was my first working dog, you know, I, I knew as much as I could read right. and, um, my vendor at the time, um, with another trainer looked at a couple of dogs and ultimately, um, you know, found my, my partner, Paula. And so that, that session, um, you know, with, with my actual dog probably lasted 10, 15 minutes. And then, uh, the vendor handed me the leash and said, Hey, uh, put the dog in your car. It's your dog. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Here's your dog. Right, right. And so, so now I have this, you know, German Shepherd that's full of piss and vinegar. Um, and uh, I end up taking him home. And uh, he, he was, he was underweight. Um, so I had to bring him up to speed with that. And then he ended up getting kennel cough um, from, from the, you know, I, I don't know where he got it from, but he had kennel cough. And so we right. had to, you know, you know, work that out with him and, and get him healthy before we can even start the, the class. And so now, you know, I'm, I'm here with, uh, with my partner and, you know, I, I have about a week, two weeks to, to acclimate to him and, and for him to get to know me and, you know, did the whole feeding him out of my hand, uh, all that good stuff. But, but it's interesting because, you know, with some of these dogs, you just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, believe me, you know which ones I have. So uh, I have a couple of those um, right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, you know, in hindsight, um, would you have selected him now? So, so, so listen, I, I love my guy. Um you know, he's, he's, he's my partner, but knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have. And this is, this is after looking at, you know, obviously hundreds of dogs. Right. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's tough. Cause you, knowing what I know now, like the smallest things that, you know, you can look at when you're choosing dogs and watching videos and just watching, you know, it's, it's small things, right? Like the way the dog pins his ears back when it sees something or when vendors cut videos short, when they're doing bite work. That's Eric's Uh, favorite. When he did, when, when they don't show him taking them off, Eric loves that. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, or, or, or my favorite is, you know, they're showing this dog going over, um, you know, a bunch of obstacles, but it's in drive, right? So the, the guy has the ball right in front of the dog. And the dog doesn't care at that point. It's going to go everything. Take the ball away. Make the dog do those things without the ball. So that, those are some of the things that that I try to get my vendors to do to get an accurate um, 
idea of what the dog is actually like. You know, and you mentioned something earlier. Um, you mentioned a lot of stuff earlier that I'm trying to remember and go in order. Um, and that's one of the things. Like, it seems like we get the same videos from the um, the vendors, and I'm pretty sure like they just pass the videos around. And there's always a question of who actually has the dog. Um, mm -hmm. I've actually gotten the same video from three different vendors for on a single dog, and I finally am like, who has the dog? And it's three different prices, right? And I'm like, who has it? Like, where where yeah. is he? And so one that I know, like in person, I just texted him like, dude, where, who has this damn dog? And he's like, oh, he's wherever. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I mean, that kind of makes sense, but you know, and that's an interesting thing. And Eric is notorious for, I don't remember which episode it was. We were talking about it, but they're like, show me, stop showing me this shit and show me something like, show me this or show me that. And, you know, the Europeans don't like doing, or the vendors in general, sometimes they don't end up liking that a lot. And you have to kind of like talk to them and say, look, this is what I need. Like, you can show me a video all you want, but I got to have this. And, you know, you made a comment earlier about the competition. A lot of times, my home department, for example, um, Tulsa PD, um, their canine unit is great. They do a great job, super professional. That's um, super well run. Um, they're he's a corporal now or lieutenant and anyway uh great guy has been there for freaking ever and um but their bid process um is kind of interesting because um it's a bid so it goes out right like you have to you know you have to submit the bid uh, and they have this list of requirements number one is the dog has to be imported they won't they can't take a, a domestic dog right right has really? to be male yeah oh yeah has to be male has to be intact Right, which I get, right? Then it has to pass all the testing and screening, everything else. So the way that it works is City Hall, not the police department, City Hall sends that bid out and then they select the vendor. They, they who? City, City Hall. Hall. Yeah. And then City Hall turns around and tells them, they're like, here's your vendor. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. And you said earlier, and you made a comment earlier, um, like, you know, all the man hours wasted in our troopers did the same thing with a very well-known vendor um they had some dogs that washed um and they had to replace them and i'm like oh, that's cool but like you're gonna get 10 weeks into a program and replace a dog like are they gonna pay you back for the 10 weeks right right i, I mean or, you those you know, or another department that's semi-close to us did a similar deal and they had to go back to north carolina three times actually they went back twice and the vendor brought came back out here three times to replace three dogs and i was like i mean you know, yeah, you pick the lowest vendor or the lowest priced vendor, but what did it end up actually costing? And that it has been a like an ongoing thing in the industry. And I think, you know, when we start talking about competition with the Chinese and the South Africans and the Australians and whoever, um, everybody is paying more than this, more than us. I, I have departments that have come back to us. You know, they bought a dog eight years ago. He retired. They bought a new one. Right. They're like, oh, we need a new one to replace him. And I'm like, okay, well, this is the price now. And they're like, oh, that seems like a lot. And I'm like, well, you bought the last one when Clinton was in office. So, I mean, shit has, <laughs> like, I mean, oil has gone up. Have I mean, everything has gone up. Have you seen lumber? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's Eric, you know. Eric, you know, yeah. OBS is what, like $40 a sheet now or something ridiculous. Um, so, um kind of moving forward like after you get kind of get established and moving into um kind of supplying dogs and this is pre-covid because we'll have that conversation too but um at what point did you kind of see 
the gap or like the bottleneck um, that I think every, um, this is pre-COVID by the way, yeah. <laughs> that every yeah. vendor or every police department in the country um, that I talk to is, I mean, I've had, I had phone calls today, guys are like, oh, there's no dogs available. I'm like, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> like they're not really, what? so at what point did you kind of see the gap? Like, so, so um, here's, here's, here's the, uh, here's the important thing. Um, um, there aren't many good dogs available. Well, yeah. and, 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 and that's like, there's dogs available. Um, you're, you're just gonna, you're gonna waste your money on them. That's the problem right now. Um, the demand has gotten so bad that they're starting to ship dogs over that are 10, 11 months old. And, you know, to, to be quite frank, you know, the, the balls haven't dropped yet. And, you know, they have all the drive and, and that's nice, but environmentally speaking, they just don't have enough to, to do the job yet. So, so, you know, you, you spend all this money to get this dog in. Um, but I, you know, to answer your question, I started seeing this, uh, my second year in business and, and it's, it's funny because, you know, vendors will start, um, sneaking dogs in. Right. So I had a case where, um, I had a dog come over, um, dog was great, but only had one testicle. The second testicle didn't, um, didn't drop. And so typically a good vendor would let you know that and, and say, hey, do you want to take care of it over here? Which most of the time you would because it's cheaper. Um, or, you know, what do you want to do? Doesn't say a word to me. So I end up taking this dog and, and I go to sell it. And the vet um, at, at this company I, I deal with, um, you know, go, goes ahead and does the check. And she's like, oh, he has, he has one testicle. Oops, sorry. I didn't know. I, I didn't think I had to check his testicles off the plane to make sure that they were there. I thought that that you know vendor would would be upfront and honest with me. And then the conversation afterwards with the vendor, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know it was a big deal. Come on, mm -hmm. come on. Yeah. But it's it's bad. And and you know you talk about pre-COVID. Even even with pre you know pre-COVID, um, getting working dogs here. Uh, in the United States um, has been very, very difficult. So much so that, um, you know, each year that I've been in business, um, uh, Lackland has a military working dog kind of consortium going on. And I get emails from them all the time, like for updates on what I'm seeing in the working dog industry and how hard it is for me as a vendor to get those dogs. And it's funny, every, every time they ask me, um, you know, what, what, what I'd like to happen um, uh, or, or what, what they can do to uh, make this better for vendors like, like us, and my response to them is stop going overseas and buying 300 dogs at a clip. Right. That's... Yeah, there's not 300 good dogs in Europe. There isn't. <laughs> right, <of> the time. right. <laughs> But what that does is when they do that, it, you know, it inflates the price because they go over and pay top dollar for these dogs and, and, and dogs that um, shouldn't be bought are bought. They come overseas and fail. And, and you know, it, it's great. The U.S. government could take that hit. But then what we're left over is, I mean, we're left over with all the crumbs. And it's yeah. difficult. So, um, 
you know, in terms of like selection testing and everything else, um, I, I would, I, I, I think that some of the, I think for the most part, some of them in uh, some of the vendors have probably their heart and their head in the right place, but they make some mistakes based on what they think we want or need or whatever. And I've actually been shipped a dog that had stitches from having, from, from being neutered and the vendor's like, Oh, I didn't know. And I had a dog shipped in from uh, a vendor that supposedly the dog was bred in Holland and he had heartworm. He was in country. He was here. He was at my facility for three days before we tested him. And it takes six months to test positive. And where he shipped from, they don't have heartworm. And the vendor was like, it's impossible. I'm like, well, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I mean, and the guy is a stand-up dude. He took care of it. But I actually went to the, the vet, did a time-lapse video on my phone from the dread bl blood draw to the positive result. And he's like, I don't know what to tell you. And turned to find out his vendor lied to him. So... Right. And he was like, well, the dog, he was like, I found this out. And he's like, never again. I'm like, well, just so you know, like, this is what happened. But he took care of it. So uh, I, uh, the guy did what he was supposed to do. Um, and, and, and let me let me back up. Um, listen, I, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am without these partners, right? Without these guys overseas. So, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm telling, of course, you know, I'm, I'm telling you guys all these bad stories, but there are some really, really great guys overseas that are doing awesome things. Right. For sure. I um, had a U.S. vendor sell me a pregnant dog. You ever have that? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking no, pregnant I mean, dog sold to you? <laughs> you beat me on that. <laughs> Fucker. I ended up with 11 puppies. <laughs> and you still have one. I do, Jesse. Jesse Cho. <laughs> the yellow lab, Jesse. Um, Making money so, back? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're going to take a break real quick. And when we come back, we're going to start talking about how we address the problem. So don't go anywhere. Don't fast forward through the commercials. <laughs> I'm going to take a quick break, Wick, and talk about some people to make this show possible. Uh, first of all, is our friends over at Southern Coast Canine. The Heiser is Bill and Peggy. Love them to death. Bill's been around for freaking ever, and they have fantastic dogs. In fact, if you're looking for a reputable canine kennel for dog sales and training services, look no further than sunny New Smyrna, Florida. It, fun fact, it never gets cold there, I promise. I've been there a couple times. It's awesome. Southern Coast Canine provides services worldwide from purchasing your next single or dual purpose working dog to handler schools and seminars. They do green dogs as well. Uh, Southern Coast is a great resource, so check them out. Head over to Southern Coast Canine, that's letter K number nine.com or 877-903-DOGS, D-O-G-S, and then find them on all the socials at Southern Coast Canine, letter K number nine. We have a long-standing relationship with the guys over at Hits Canine Training Conference. Uh, it's truly America's premier canine seminar. It is the largest. It is the best. Um, they cover every important topic in the canine industry. Hundreds and hundreds of vendors, thousands of canine people there. Everybody you know in this industry is there. Ted and I will be teaching. Hits 2022 is being held in Orlando, Florida, August 16th to the 19th. Also, check out their website, hitscanine.net. They have other classes that they're putting out online, uh, Zoom classes and all kinds of other things. They're offering in-person classes leading up to Hits 2022, Orlando, Florida, August 16th to the 19th. 
Check it out. Hitscanine.net. Everyone knows me, knows that I live on chicken nuggets and Coors Light. So uh, that doesn't mean your dog should, though. Um, our friends at Kinetic um, are make it a, a point to fuel working dogs, and they know that it can be tough, and they need high-quality food, unlike me, to give them energy and the nutrients that they require. I just subsist on air and you know Coors Light, which, but the dogs can't. They actually have to work. So for that, we asked Kinetic, and Kinetic has come up with a great balance of healthy meats and grains and is made specifically for working in sport dogs. They have a full line of foods and supplements available, and they've been working to perfect their line for thousands of dogs and hundreds of departments across the U.S. You can buy it locally online or at Tractor Supply, or you can get it at Chewy. So head over to their website, KineticDogFood.com, 513-615-6904. And get them on the socials at Kinetic Dog Food. So probably the number one product I've ever advertised for or used that set that does what they say is Quick Turn by Vet Care. Uh, I have it uh, at my house. I have it at the kennel. I have it at the Fun House. I have it at the uh, Doggy Daycare. I have my trainers have it at their house. It is unbelievable how it works. You guys have all heard Ted and I talk about it, how we've gotten tagged by dogs or dogs do, you know, if you're dealing with working dogs, weird stuff happens, right? Cuts that, how the hell that happened? Bites, scratches, all kinds of things that happen, especially if you're doing anything in the wooded area, they get tore up. Uh, the quick derm by vet care. It is no exaggeration. It is great. So once daily treatment for any skin condition or small wounds to help stop little issues from becoming big ones. Comes in sprays, ointments, or dressing. Quick Derm is great at creating a protective barrier and promoting wound healing. The best thing, too, is they have a discount code. Get on their website, vetcare.us. That's vetcare.us. Put in the discount code 10WDR in capital letters, 10WDR for 10% off your first order. These next guys uh, have actually been on the show when we instructed at. Uh, the first uh, tripwire conference down in Florida, uh, Jim O'Brien was a guest on the show uh, and he runs NCK9, who has now come on the show as a sponsor. Um, Jim's been around for quite a long time, about 13-ish years, uh, with experience handling and training law enforcement canines. Um, he uses real-world deployments to develop training program and not rely only on their experience, but current experiences from most of their national canine teams and handlers to provide the best canine partner that you guys can purchase they provide pet training and police canine services based out of four oaks north carolina and they serve the surrounding areas feel free to give jim a call a text carrier pigeon however you want to get a hold of him uh to, to talk to him about police canine training or pets and techniques and methodologies so hit him up at 919-438-0141 or j o'brien that's j o b r i e n at n c letter k number nine dot us check the show notes we'll put it there all right we're back with david rivera from black rock canine uh we've been talking about um kind of how we move forward through this issue of uh the problem we're having right now in the country which is shortage of dogs some of it's due to covid some of it's due to competition from uh other countries and other places uh, buying up dogs and it's just like you know that's getting overfished so um at this point, we're still pre-COVID and we're having these problems and then COVID starts. Um, and <laughs> like all the flights just, uh, Eric, didn't you have some like dogs that you were supposed to have shipped in that we never made it because, uh, or somebody did. 
was it, it wasn't you who was it the, no i don't think so i just everything shut down so you know there was i went no for a little period it's for me it was interesting i had a kennel full of dogs right at the start of uh of the covid lockdowns in march of last year and sold them all yep. the week prior to the shutdown like oh. all of them oh, every wow. it was really weird so i had i had some capital you know to to do but you put money in my account. I'm spending that day. So. <laughs> I did a build, you know, I was doing a build out on the fun house and everything like that. And then, um, and that was the thing. You just weren't going to get dogs. And, and that was not just us, you know, like my vendors uh, in Europe, talking to them. Uh, one of, one of them has a job, but, but one of my guys in Germany, my main guy in Germany, he, uh, he just does dogs. And over there, their COVID lockdowns were like some World War II era type yep. uh, coming to your house and looking in your windows and we're going to knock on your door and come in and see how many people you have. They're tracking your, your phone, um, your passport, of course. You get as soon as you, if you left the country and came back, they sent you an order they come, or they would come get you and you got to go get COVID tested. And so it wasn't good for anyone. And then things started to open up a little bit and started shipping, but then they got shut down again. When was that? January this year, David, right? At the beginning of the year. Yep. And, and they dumped a lot of um, interesting dogs here because, you know, everybody needs money to live and to operate, especially if it's your only business. But um, yeah, so <clears throat> it definitely affected everything. And I and I've said this before in other podcasts, and I still believe it, that the shipping costs are the way they are because the airlines don't want you to ship dogs. I I do still predict that they will stop shipping dogs. I don't know when, sometime in the next few years, they're just gonna they kill a couple more dogs, they're gonna stop shipping dogs. It's too much of a liability too, if if you think about it. I mean, dog breaks out of a, a crate, and it's a you know beautiful Malinois that wants to just do its job and starts munching on somebody on the tarmac. I mean, just, just look at the lawsuit. Yeah. Didn't you just have that? Not the, uh, yeah. not the biting part, but a dog you were waiting to be shipped was running all around Eastern Europe. Woo. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How does that happen? Oh, I think the dog's I, in your kennel, isn't he? Oh, Ted? is he? Which one? Yeah. Snap. Right. Oh, that doesn't no. surprise me. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, he has a roof on his. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> that does not surprise me. And yeah. he's, that dog's fast. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that. Oh, so cool. That's, uh, yeah, snappy. Yeah, Mr. Snap. Um, so. <laughs> We have this problem with supply and demand. We have this gap. And after COVID, um, there was something going on. We were trying to get a dog shipped in from the same guy, uh, another dude in Europe. And um, there was something we had to fly our dogs into either Kansas City or Houston. That was the closest international we can get them to. Um, so it's like a six hour drive or an eight hour drive. It sucks. So um, the flights from like Amsterdam or wherever this guy was shipping from, they went from like, 42 flights a, like a year or a week to like six yep. or something. I don't even think it was six. And all of those were booked up and they're in so for medical like, supplies. 
or yeah or whatever yeah. there was they were definitely not putting dogs on there if they were they're like oh you can fly two and so the vendor's like uh well i mean he's ready to ship but i mean the flight airlines are like there's no flights like i mean he's like oh, i can fly him to atlanta i'm like bro that's like 16 hours from here yeah. and i'm like i'm driving to fucking atlanta to pick up a dog i mean <laughs> well yeah. i can just fly him to la i guess i'll pick him up there uh but so you know it it, 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 it was tough yeah, it renewed this, uh, and I've had a couple of conversations with some departments out in Texas um, that were uh, import only, and COVID has day changed. They're like, I right, we don't care where he comes from as long as he's healthy and whatever else. So it kind of, this has kind of renewed this uh, COVID for whatever reason, has kind of renewed this debate, um, or not debate, but has renewed this conversation with um, domestically bred dogs in the united states and i'm not talking about lackland like they have their own they have their own thing they got the puppy program and that's a different deal altogether like that's its own a giant animal um i'm talking about departments like yours like you guys have one dog right you're not going to start a breeding program lapd famously tried to start one and they didn't either so uh it didn't work out so i'll tell you why okay yeah i was gonna say what's the answer it's it's too expensive here in the u.s um, you know, quite, quite frankly, I, I try to do it on, on the for-profit side and um, the losses, you know, it, you're, you're talking about a living, breathing animal, right? So right. Um, you're raising this dog for a year. Um, economically speaking, it, it costs about 7K to raise this dog with, with staff, with vet bills, oh, yeah. with, with food, you know, and, and God forbid the dog gets injured or, you know, one of your staff makes a mistake and, and, and pushes the dog too far. And now you have a dog that's fearful or has environmental issues at nine months old, 10 months old, you know, and, and now the dog doesn't overcome it. And you have to take that $6,000 hit because you just spent, 10, 11 months on that dog. Um, so it's, it's, it's not economical to do it unless, unless you're doing it at scale. And, uh, and, and um, the price of the dog is more than what most departments can pay for just a dog. So you have other companies um, that have been successful at doing this, but their price point for their dogs are over 10K. Um, they're, they're great dogs, don't get me wrong, but they're more than what a, a normal department can pay for. Right. Um, so it's, it's very difficult um, to do it if you were to do it on the for-profit side, because you, you, you can lose your shirt doing it. I remember when we first met, uh, was, I met, we talked on the phone, for, and this was a while ago, and you said, hey, I think I'm going to try to get this breeding program going so that we can, you know, we have the European bloodlines here, but I'm, I'm setting it up. And I'm like, listen, dude, everybody I've ever talked to says it's a no win because of the cost. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's been about a year recently you gave me that. You're like, yeah, dude, I can't do it. Uh, and yeah. you gave me that cost now. So now when people ask me, Oh, they mentioned it to me. I go, I'm telling you, don't do it. And this is how much it costs per dog. Cause my buddy tried it for like a year. And, um, 
So, and, and, and that's, if you're cheap, man, that's, if you're, you, you know, you're scraping by and just trying to, you know, work, work it out. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it, it was tough. And, and, and did I, did I raise great dogs? Yeah. You know, there's, there's some dogs uh, here in the U S that are working that, that we raised. Um, feels really good to, to have done that. Um, but then I could, I could tell you a bunch more that, you know, our pets right now, mm-hmm. uh, very, very expensive pets. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we talked about that with subtle, but like you got to have a network, man. Yep. If yes. you don't have it, you know, a name or a network, you're going to struggle. Yep. And that's yep. the thing, like, you know, because we've done it and um, some of our greatest or most successful dogs are ones that we selected or bred and then selected. But um, and this kind of goes back to that old like, you know, 100 percent of these dogs are going to work and they're not. So, you know, and puppies are a crapshoot. And how do I mean, how do you yeah. know? And our, the greatest success that I've had is if you have a litter, like keeping, because nobody wants a female. So it's always males. Right? So the strongest males, I, I know that's another conversation. That's a, you can do a podcast just on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but keeping two or three of them, because that's all you can stand to work at a time. Yep. And if you have a litter of 10, then it's like you either sell the, the nice ones or you pass them off to people or just fucking give them to people. Like I, we ended up giving some to trainers and they're nice dogs right um but raising a puppy is a fucking art form and so um you know if you're putting all of your eggs into these two or three then you get lucky hopefully but you're right i mean you you spend a shitload of time and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out so and that's why you know i i i really really and and when i had this conversation today somebody like i departments call me they're like oh i had a dog donated i'm like i bet you did and they think that it's gonna save cost or something like we have a 12 week old puppy that we had donated i'm like well you're two and a half years from that dog working so if under the best circumstances right and it's an extremely like difficult prospect so um the other thing about this is the united states is big like all of our friends from you know europe are they I mean, the United States is, is huge in comparison to the rest of Europe. And so like when our, we were in Vegas and one of our buddies from Holland was like, Oh, can you take me to LA? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like five hours the wrong way. And he was like, Oh, but it's only like this far on the map. I'm like, dude, no, no, I'm not driving you to fucking LA. And that's under, and it's a good track. No, I'm not driving you to LA. Are you crazy? So, um, but you know, we're spread out. So we don't have, like you said, like, like Eric said, we don't have a network. So you have to have, like, you have to, have, and that's the thing that the, the Europeans have, they have a hundred years of right. community. Yep. Like, and a, like a history of raising those dogs. Um, it's one which thing is, that they do extremely well. So. Which is dwindling though. Well, um, yeah. so, so, you know, you, you have these new generations um, that just don't want to take it up. It's, it's hard work. Um, and so I've had multiple conversations with, uh, some of my European friends and the amount of people that are showing up to, um, you know, sport day is dwindling. And, and so, you know, what, what are we, what are we going to do to, um, to make sure that that doesn't happen? You know, who's, who's going to be raising our dogs? Um, if not them. Yeah. So, uh, before. Before we end up getting into our next break and then going into one of the main reasons why we talked, I want to, I want to talk real quick about the um, the adult dog, the importing business, the stuff that uh, the that you and I do and Ted and you do together, and and um, 
some of that stuff like that. So early, so how many kennels are you at now at, at your place? So we have the capacity right now um, to scale to 40. Oh, yeah. Sounds fucking horrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> scale to 40. Yeah. So every time I talk to you, you're getting 15 to 20 in at a time. And because you're getting, you know, good dogs and the word gets out, I know there's some bigger, some agencies like government agencies that you sell to that'll buy a truckload or, or maybe another vendor that'll buy a whole bunch. Um, so one of the big things that we hear from some folks who go, I never ever would buy a dog from video. I only ever go to Europe. But here's somebody that has 40, 40 kennels and it's you and like two people working there. And then you work a full-time job on night shift and you're, you have kids. Um, talk about the, the realism on, on that end about how, how hard it is to actually be able to go to Europe and do that. To, to, to have a kennel like that? Dude, it's, um, I'll tell you this, you learn something new about dogs every single day. Um, it's, uh, it's a hustle, it's a grind, um, extremely difficult. Uh, if you don't like being bit, you might as well just hang everything up and, and, oh. and walk away. Got some nice scars here from uh, mm -hmm. some very choice dogs that uh, I have a very good relationship with. Um, but it's, it's a grind, man. Every single day, your staff needs to be committed. You need to have people that know what they're doing. You have to build a team. I mean, the team is everything. So right now, um, taking myself out of the equation, we have uh, three full-timers and two part-timers. Um, and it's, it's, it's every single day. I mean, just, just, just picking up um, the waste and feeding the dogs uh, takes a good portion of the day. And then you, you, oh, you yeah. factor, yeah, yeah. And then you factor in like having to work every single dog and, and get reps in and figuring out which dogs have issues that you have to work through and address and make better. Um, cause, cause the way I work is if I don't think a dog is good enough to be on the road, I don't sell it. Um, and, and we're, we're lucky enough, Eric, you know, you mentioned that network. I have a network of people, uh, whether they're sport dog people or, or just, um, you know, on my pet side, that we're able to find homes for all of these dogs, uh, which is great. You know, it's great. Um, but the, the grind in doing this, it's, it's not like um, what everyone, you know, thinks it is. It's, 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 it's dirty, nasty work. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're always in, in dog shit. Um, you're getting bit, scratched. Uh, and, and then, you know, that's just the dog side. You wanna, you wanna talk about getting back to customers, right? And talking about the business side. Um, my phone is ringing nonstop every single day. And, and, and part of my task every single day is to delete voicemails and, and, and clear that so I could get new voicemails. Um, you know, that's, that's great. It, it just means, uh, you know, we're, we're doing a good job. And I say where, cause I'd be nowhere without my team. Um, I got some, some great people working for me. You know, my dad works for me. He, he busts his ass, you know, every single day. 
um, you know, my, uh, my, my second in command, you know, Danny, and then, uh, you know, I, I, I got some, uh, Lieutenant Finucane and, and, and just the whole team. I mean, I mean, I, I feel bad. So Abby and, and Olivia as well. I mean, I, it, I, I can't even not say their names because they're so in, integral to, to the whole process. And, and, and by not saying their name, I, I feel so bad. So it's just, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And, and for anyone that's thinking about getting into this, um, if you don't love it, don't do it. If it's, if it's not in you, if, if it's not in your blood, don't do it because you're going to, you're going to lose your shirt. Uh, you're going to get really hurt and you're just going to uh, unfortunately end up failing if you don't love it. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a break because it looks like my phone is uh, dead. So we're going to go ahead and take a break while I get a, a charging cord on this. Come back. We're going to talk about the uh, a really neat um, nonprofit that David's got going on. We'll be right back. All right, guys, this episode has been brought to you by great sponsors of ours. Please don't skip through this. Take a listen to them. One of our oldest sponsors and great friends of ours are the people down at Highland Canine down in North Carolina. Um, I really like them. We have, we see them at all the conferences. I know a lot of people have been to their school for dog trainers. They've been on the podcast Highland canine. They're a full service canine and pet dog training business where they can train you to be a trainer. They can get you a dog. They have handler classes. They have supervisor classes. They have trainers courses for just LE. They have them for anybody who wants to be in, uh, in the dog business, be a dog trainer of any kind. Um, Check them out. Their website is tacticalpolicek9training.com, tacticalpolicek9training.com. If you are smart, you'll go down there in the winter. It is North Carolina. It is warm. You get to work dogs. It's no, no joke school, guys. You're not going down there for a month um, and, and rushing through it. They're actually trying to make you real deal dog trainers. Uh, tacticalpoliceek9training.com. Next is a sponsor that's been with us for quite a while, uh, Dogtra. I love Dogtra stuff, and they continually keep bringing out new products. Uh, one of the things that I've been using a lot lately is the new Tone Box. If you're a pet trainer or if you train a lot of police officers, and I harp at my guys all the time about timing, and this thing literally kind of pairs to the, to the remote, and when you're using the remote, whether you're using Nick constant, or Vibrate, it makes a noise. So you can get the timing down 100% consistent. And so I can demonstrate how to do an out with an e-caller immediately, quickly. And it is so effective that I can't believe that it took me forever to figure it out <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to get that. They've also got these new um, comfort feather, like titanium things that go on the collars that uh, are fantastic for making sure we got contact. It actually has six points and this comes in two sizes and it's a titanium feather thing. They're awesome. They got comfort, comfort contact points for the bark collars, the YS 600. One of my favorite things. I have about 50 of them at the kennel and it is dead silent. And I put them on all the pet dogs and I can leave them on because they have the comfort contact points and they're fantastic. All this stuff you can get at dogtrade.com. And if you use the discount code WDR one zero you get 10 percent off a single item over 200 bucks so that covers the ball trainer that covers the 1900 ass hands free which is my personal favorite for all the big dogs uh it covers the two dog system uh the 202c which i use for the two dog pet guys and fantastic so dogtra.com or go to at dogtra official on all the socials that's facebook instagram all those places so hit them up dogtra.com guys i don't even shop any other sites when i'm looking for everything for dogs our one-stop shop for anything pet dog training and police dog training 
hunt dog training, anything you need, you can find at rayallen.com. They have been doing it forever. We have a great relationship with them. Um, again, they're at all the conferences. You can stop up and talk to them. They have more stuff there than any place. Rayallen.com. They are amazing. We have a great, uh, really, really good relationship with those guys. Um, like I said, I get on their website. I do not look anywhere else. I just get on Ray Allen. Why, why should I fill up my cart, pay it? Boom. Shipping. Here we go. Uh, everything's coming. RayAllen.com. And guess what? We do have a discount code for them. Working dog radio for 10% off. It's all one working dog radio and it's all caps. Check them out. RayAllen.com. I'm not too shaped to admit that I used our own discount code to buy stuff for the kennel. We have American Aluminum next. They're a new sponsor for uh, moving forward. Um, they have been around for quite a while. They manufacture a wide variety of products from the high quality cam lockers and toolboxes to a huge line of products designed to meet the ever-changing needs of law enforcement community. Back in 1992, due to the demand for safe, secure transport for a nearby law enforcement department's canine, they introduced the very first Easy Rider canine. They have continuously grown and expanded products catering to the needs and wants of the valued customers and high-profile clientele. Over the years, as the needs have changed, they have evolved and expanded their products to include inmate transport systems, canine training aids, canine inserts, contraband, containment, and animal control systems, just to name a couple of things. So you can find them at easyrideronline.com. That is easy echo zulu rideronline.com. You can find them on the socials at American Aluminum Accessories, and then you can hit them up toll free. 1-800-277-0869. You don't have to worry about writing all that down. We're going to put it in the show notes. So just scroll down to the bottom, write it down, click the link, takes you straight there under your phone. Our first sponsor we ever had, he's been, he's our ride or die. He's been with us since the beginning is Arno over at ALM canine equipment. His stuff is so good. Ted, you know, gets suits. He, and listen, Ted's suit, he's had it for a long time. Arno's fixed it. He's uh, taken a million bites on it. It still holds up. The thing's amazing. I've got a suit from him. I love it. Use it all the time. Uh, but the main thing that I really love about Arno is his hidden sleeves are ridiculously amazing. They are the best. And his tugs. I usually buy tugs from Arno by the box load. He'll send me a whole bunch of them. I hand them out to the handlers, new handlers when they come in, experienced handlers. Uh, they last for a long time. They're amazing. The craft work is is great. Arno's doing all the, the sewing there. He's got pre-made suits. He can do custom-made suits, everything you need um, out there. And he's out there in sunny Las Vegas. Get on his website, check him out, almk9equipment.com, almk9equipment.com. Discount code WDRADIO, all caps, 10% off your first order. Check him out. All right, everybody, we're back. Phone plugged in. Um, so yeah, we have a computer problem. So if you see my video looks different than normal. Um, but anyways, uh, it's weird because I have to look straight forward at my phone to talk, but my computer's down here. So if I want to look and see your guys' faces, it looks like I'm staring at the floor. Very weird. But um, anyways, so, uh, so David, we're with our friend David Rivera from Black Rock Canines. Um, so David's business model, for the most part, I, I don't want to speak completely for you, but is getting these dogs in, uh, get, you know, doing a little bit of work with them, you know, getting them right, and then selling them green to guys like me and Ted uh, or to some government agencies and uh, some, uh, some other vendors. 
And um, it works out for me because if I, when I get my dogs in from Europe, I have to drive five and a half to six hours to Dulles airport. I'm there for two or three hours. And then I drive six hours home. I get home at about 1am because at Dulles, the flight only comes in once a day at um, it's like 345 is basically the time it's 445 before they'll bring the dog up. It's it's five something before you're rolling out of there. And those dudes are um, never in a hurry. <laughs> they have literally everything else in the world to do than bring you the damn dog. Yeah, I, they, I, I, bring, I bring extra cash for that. Yeah, there's some slow walking folks there. But uh, anyways, so it's it's a I mean, it's exhausting and it's always a Thursday. So I still have to work the next day. Um, so David uh, lives in Connecticut and him and I meet about halfway. It's about three and a half to four hours for both of us. We meet at this little gas station in this little town in Pennsylvania. Guy usually get us a, a slice and a, and a monster while we're there. <laughs> and um, he brings dogs that I've already, you know, we've already talked about some extra for me to look at. Uh, we always park at the same spot. It's beautiful. Um, we get our, we get the dogs and I mean, unless we're, unless he's showing me dogs I haven't seen yet, we're, we're 20 minutes, turn around, high five. Good to see you. Off we go. And, um, that's, that's like, uh, we meet at like noon, 11 o'clock or noon. So I'm back at four o'clock in the afternoon, five o'clock. It's, oh, it's awesome. It's perfect. We've done it on a weekday. We've done it on weekends. It works out real well. Sometimes it's David. Sometimes it's his guys. I met his father, um, who's a, uh, a, a handsome man with a big head of hair. That, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, uh, like in shape forever. One of them dudes that you hate. You know, he, he'll be, he'll be skinny and in shape as far, you know I mean? He just, that's his genetics. So, but, um, it's, we have a good, good relationship. David and I have got, uh, all very good dogs from him. Um, so one of my, there's two things I want to talk about. One, you always tell me I, and, and I'm just one of however many clients you have. I know exactly what you like now. It took me a little bit, but now I know what you like. What is that? Oh man, what you like? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, right off the bat, the environmentals have to be there. Um, no, no crazy uh, issues. Dog needs to be able to jump up onto multiple surfaces um, and be stable. So when I say stable, like no shaking, no dropping, no ears back, just confident in, 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 in what it needs to do environmentally speaking. Um, you, as, as a customer, really you value bite work. And when I say that, it's, it's not um, you want your dog to go after the man um, and, and not to be fixed on equipment. Um, so to give an example, if, if, if you're there as a decoy in front of the dog and you drop um, the bite sleeve in front of it, you want that dog barking at you and eyes on you not on the bite sleeve. Uh, in regards to tracking, um, you want a dog that's spot on, you know, head down using its nose, not fixed uh, on, on, um, on using its eyes. And, and then ball work, um, the, the dog just has to have it for you. 
you, you, from, from what I've seen, you really don't like the monster dogs. You like a nice compact dog, um, easy to carry, easy to throw over a fence. Um, like, did I nail it? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. Uh, and every dog's, you know, listen though, we had Johnny and I, he's a monster. He was a yeah. big boy. I didn't mind Johnny. Um, yeah. but it's, you know, I had a dog in my kennel from another vendor one time that was, um, a giant shepherd, humongous, huge, big bones, just a huge, very nice dog, like working hard. And I had three departments test him and they all failed him for the same reason. It's too big, too big. Yep. Yep. But and Ted and I have talked about this though. If you've got more than a few kennels, you gotta have a couple biggies in there because the dudes will go down through and they'll be like, I want the hundred pound or the 90 pound or I want a 90, 80 pound. Yeah. Your yeah. first dog, you might. Yeah. Yeah. Or you get the guy that's six, five. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I don't mind them, you know, like the dog Jack that I got from you. That's, that's here now um, is perfect. Uh, I got a dog Lutz and a dog Lewis that are tall mouths, you know, not huge dogs, good muscular, but kind of tall. The um, I've gotten some real small dogs in the past, not from you, but from other vendors and they work out real well. It's just everybody always side eyes them a little bit, you know, uh -huh. and um, <laughs> you know, and, and Ted knows it that you having various sizes is good. I get, but it's nice having a vendor who knows um, what I like and what I don't like. And, um, and I was able early on to show you, look through some of the videos you send me from Europe and go, Hey, your guy did this to you in this video, just so you know, yep. because me, you, Ted, and everybody else who looks at multiple dog videos would do it when we're doing things and we miss stuff because sometimes you're in a hurry and you got to, you got to get going. And there's some stuff that gets snuck in there or more importantly, gets left out of the whole mix. You know, if, if I'm looking at six or eight videos of six or eight dogs and they're all doing the exact same thing, and then I noticed that one particular dog was not shown going up and down the metal steps. It was real fast, like sleight of hand real quick. You remember that? Yeah. Yep. I'm like, Hey, just so you know, on that one dog, your guy skipped that part. There's a reason for it. Yeah. Was, was um, it you that was telling me like they were trying to sell this dog and like they would show him doing bite work and it was beautiful, but they would never show him like never show them taking him off like outing him or that was, yeah, that was a long time ago. That was a guy in <laughs> Holland. That was a guy in Holland uh, who, who reached out to me a couple times and he had, he had, he was, he was a onesie twosie guy, you know, he only had a couple dogs and the dog he was showing me looked badass, like a banger. But there was one time I could see they were, you know, cause they weren't lifting off. They were choking off with the thing. And I could see as they turned the camera off that that dog had, turn back mm. towards the guy and i'm like he bit that fucker and he kept that <laughs> and because i don't want that you know no. i that's i mean some you can't predict it on some dogs but knowing knowing if a dog is for sure 100 percent going to come up the leash like bad up the leash you're getting that dog back we're you know it's coming back to us and you know, um every time yeah and, and a little bit of growing pains, a little bit of issues. That's cool. I'm not worried about that. Um, 
I'm not, I, I don't mind a dog who's a little, uh, you know, a little spicy, but um, the one that every time, no matter what, is going to put a guy in the hospital, it doesn't matter who it is. Um, those, those I, I'm not interested in those. Um, That's the problem I have. Like I, I get comfortable around dogs like that and that I can handle them. Right. But <laughs> well, I can, but I don't, Yeah, there aren't many police officers that I would turn the leash over to and be like, here you go. Don't get bit. Right. And then, and that'd be enough. Like they're going to get smoked and, and it's not their fault. I mean, they're not fucking trainers they're cops. So, you know, and even an experienced handler, uh, I mean, I've had experienced handlers get nuked or seen it happen before. And so, you know, it's kind of one of these, like, I have to remind myself a lot of times, or I, somebody else reminds me, it's usually Alicia. Um, there, I'm like, yeah, I like this dog. And she's like, you, who are you going to sell that to? Mm. <laughs> Who's going to fucking buy that? I'm like, well, you know, you kind of sit back and think, and I'm like, okay. I mean, you know, it, and like, you're right. I mean, a hundred and hundred percent of the time, the dog without reason comes back and smokes or without a valid reason comes back and smokes the handler. And a hundred percent of the time, the admins blame the dog. I don't care if the handler overcorrected and did everything wrong. They blame the fucking dog. And then, they blame you. and then they blame you. And then you're like, well, he never bit me because I didn't do that. So, <laughs> or I'm faster. So, I don't know. Get faster. He won't bite you. <laughs> the one thing I like about David, for those of you listening, is he's the same as me. We don't fuck around with our warranty. Uh, take the dog for a little while. If it's not working back, bring him back. We switch it out. I have a warranty. I don't dick around with it. I, I sold a really nice dog to an agency not too long ago. The guy had the dog for four or five days, violated all the rules he was given about this dog, and the dog smoked him in the calf and put him in the hospital. So I wake up in the morning one day, I turn my phone on. Granted, he got the dog on Friday, Wednesday morning, my phone. I get up and the sergeant, who's a good dude, is texting me. He's like, hey, call me when you're up. I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> this is not good. Yeah. And um, sure enough, you know, he tells me the story and they're super bummed out about it. He he really likes the dog and the dog's amazing. And uh, um. There's a lot of people, a lot of vendors that would say, hey, that's that was not your fault. That's that kid's fault. He was told, do not do X, Y, and Z. And he 100% did X, Y, and Z and got bit, like, legit. And I was like, just give me the fucking dog. Give, give me the dog back uh, and we'll replace him. Because I'm not, you know... you." relationships we took we've talked about this ted and i numerous times on here agencies come back to you based on relationship good relationship and even if you screwed them over they still go back to some of these vendors depending on a name and um so I, i'm trying to keep those good relationships i don't mess around especially because this department got screwed over by like two vendors like just just they they had a dog that had um had a seizure during class, a couple seizures. And like within a week out of class was dead. And the vendor refused to take the dog back saying they did something to him. And come on, man. I mean, whatever, but real quick before we get into the, the, the other thing, the other thing that David always bitches at me about, and he probably has said it to Ted too, but he, he gets on me about, it, and he's right is 
guys like me, especially smaller guys, don't charge enough for our dogs. Oh, we don't charge God. enough for our dogs oh, in our training. <laughs> and um, and I have raised my prices based off of what David told me. Now I have a very, very, very large kennel in my area that I'm competing with. Um, we're not, it's like we get along and everything like that. It's not a problem, but he kind of sets the price point for the area a little bit, but, and we're close, we're real close, but I was just underneath him in the full package as is in a pre-trained dog in a handler school. Not anymore. I, I raised it. I just really started doing the math because now I have a kid that works for me and I'm paying him and all the handler school training money goes to him. So not making anything out of it, but do you see that a lot from, you have to have that talk with a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's quite funny. Um, so I, I sell, I sell dogs to um, some major canine companies in, in the country and because I'm selling them the dog, they're not in the game. You know, they, they don't know what's going on overseas. They don't know about COVID. So I have to really educate them on, on the market and and, and, you know, I look at their prices to see what they're selling dogs at. And I'm like, you got to up it because you're, you're not going to make anything on the dogs. I mean, there was there was one point where, and, and, and you guys can probably attest to this, where you can get a good dog here for $3,500. That does yeah. not happen anymore. No. I wish. I <laughs> wish. So so vendors that are selling, you know, they're 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 green dogs for 7,500. I mean, what, what are you doing? It, there, there's, there's no margin. Um, and, and, and I'm the kind of guy where I'll spend more to get really, really good dogs. Because if you do that, the dogs are just going to go. Um, but in, in, you know, in the dog world, you get what you pay for. If you want a nice dog, you're going to spend the money on it. But by doing that, you're going to save yourself a ton of headaches. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I, yeah, that's yeah. Onesies and twosies and like the days of the, and I had to have this conversation, a very similar conversation with uh, a former partner of mine. And I'm just like the days of the $2,500 dog are gone. Dual gone. purpose anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's oh. like, I mean, you definitely can't count on it. Well, and that's the thing, like, you know, I just said at the very beginning, you have these departments that buy two dogs a, a decade and they come back to you and they're like, oh, we paid this much last time. I'm like, yeah. And gas was a dollar. <laughs> <Right. laughs> like, I yeah. mean, like, what yeah. do you, what do you want me to tell you? I mean, you could fly to your, that was before it was a fucking EU. I literally, I had a customer come back to me and I'm like, yeah, the last time you bought a dog, the EU wasn't a thing. Like it came from Holland. Or it came from the Netherlands, and I like when it was a country, like it's still a country, but it wasn't part of the EU. And I was like, "That's how long it's been." Like we paid for the dog, and we didn't pay with it in fucking euros. And they're like, "Oh, has it been that long?" I'm like, "Yes, it has." It's crazy. It's like inflation doesn't exist in in, in the dog industry, and and guys are so scared of raising their prices for you know for fear that they're gonna go to to the next guy. And what I have to say is if you're good, your clients are going to stay. Yeah. You know, we just, we just had another um, agency reach out to us for a, ha a handler course. 
And, um, you know, our, our handler course is close to the $20,000 price point and they didn't bat an eye. Yeah. That's been my experience in the last seven or eight months too. So they're, it's, you know, they've just kind of accepted it, I guess. I don't know if it's COVID or what, but I mean, that's what I'm blaming everything on. Like yeah. it's fucking COVID. Like, well, if you get, <laughs> and we, we talked about this with Aaron Taylor on here and a couple other guys, if you're a small kennel, um maybe you have just a few kennels and you're really trying to get into this and you're buying green dogs and then selling them and if you get one dog returned to you you're probably out of business yep because you you probably don't have a replacement dog in there and then you're gonna have to shell out another six grand if you're importing dogs um to replace it and nobody can afford that when nope. you're, you know, when you're the small time it, um, and I'm small, I have eight kennels. I'm small time. That's why I'm so, um, gotta be so, uh, selective on who I do business with because I cannot, I can't afford a, a shitter. I just, I can't, um, I don't have an off lay and I won't off lay it. You know, like if it, Ted's the same way, if we got a dog, that's just not going to be a dual purpose dog. There are departments that would still buy that dog. Because we ah, we don't really care, you know. There's um there's a department down south where somebody told me the the administration said we don't care. They went the trainer went to him and said this dog is not gonna bite. And they said we don't care, it just has to say it on paper. Um, yeah, and well, I've, I've, but I can't do that. I can't sell that dog. You know what I mean? I can't do it. Dude, someone's and, life is on the line, you know. Yeah, I worked that dog, I know that dog, trust me. Yep. So, all right, let's move on. Ted, you got, uh, what, what are we going to talk about next? Uh, the 501. So part of like the uh, addressing some of this stuff that's good, we've been talking about, what do you have cooking with this 501? Man, so um, so this is really, really exciting. Um, I've been working on this for about a year and a half, two years. And basically, once I realized uh, that, that you can't do it on the for-profit side, um, so I, um, I created the, this, this 5013C, uh, it's a, a nonprofit uh, organization called the American Detection Dog Foundation. Um, and so the primary purpose of this nonprofit is to raise working dogs here in the United States. Um, and so the reason why I chose the nonprofit route is because a nonprofit's built to support communities, to, to support the United States. And if, um, if you lose a dog, right, if you're raising this dog and, and you lose it, the nonprofit can absorb those losses um, being a public entity uh, there to support the public. And, and so um, it's, it's been a journey uh, with the nonprofit. You talk about a lot of work that, that has to go into it, but um, it's been one of the most rewarding things um, I've done in my life, to be honest. Um, you, you, know, you know, you think about purpose, right? And what we're all here for. Uh, my, my, my belief now is, is, is I'm here to, um, to get the United States um, you know, self-sustained in, in working dogs. And, and, and with that, you know, our program 
uh, is going to be based here in the, U in the USA. You know, we're going to start in Connecticut, uh, but the main goal is to have kennels across the country and um, geographically strategic areas in place so that um, they can support those local uh, police departments and or federal agencies uh, with their dogs. Um, so that being said, you know, we collect donations from the public to be able to um, raise these dogs. So we've had a lot of talks, man. And um, Ted, Ted and I originally had kind of talked about something like this. And I know there's probably people on there that are, that are thinking similar things. Oh, I had that kind of same idea. Tell, tell people like how long this shit takes to get this stuff even started. <laughs> well, 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 it's funny, right? Like, like the hardest part is to start. Um, and, and you talk about, you know, just the, the attorneys, right? So I, I've, I've coughed up over six grand of my own money to get this done um, and to, to get this to go through the IRS and get our official status. Um, it's tough, man. You know, you try to strategize and, and, you know, think about raising money during COVID, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, right. Everyone's hurting, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and I was thinking, you know, this is, this is going to suck because I'm going to be asking people for, for money, for something that I believe is so important. Um, and, and, and listen, I, I think this is incredibly important. You know, right now, the U.S. as a whole um, relies on other countries for our own national security, right? So uh, if one day, um, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but uh, if, if one day China says, you know what, we're going to buy all those dogs in Europe just so the U.S. can't have them, what are we going to do? How are we going to find bombs? Are we going to find narcotics? You know, we got dogs working at CBP that alert to um, people, right? So human traffickers, uh, uh, wildlife protection. Um, you know, these are the only things that work, right? Dogs are the only things that, that are effective um, at doing this. And the U.S. government has tried to develop um, devices, right? Uh, freaking research studies to do this and haven't been able to do it. And it actually said the only thing that's effective at finding, you know, these bombs at our borders or um, uh, in, in buildings on planes are dogs. So we currently rely on other countries for our own national security. And that's why, you know, that's why Congress has been writing laws to get some kind of breeding program, some kind of raising program here in the United States. You know, my own, um, my own Senator, Senator Blumenthal, he's part of the, the National Defense Committee and uh, he's been pushing uh, to try to get a, a working dog program, uh, you know, started on the federal side. Well, federal government's already tried it a couple of times and uh, ended up ending those programs just ended up being too much. And so to do this on, on, on the nonprofit side, I really, really think that we have a great chance of succeeding at this um, for a couple of reasons. We're gonna be able to raise money from people 
that support and love working dogs. And when we really educate the public and say, hey, you know, this is needed because without these dogs, well, we can't find bombs. We can't find illegal drugs. They're the only ones that can do it. Um, it's, it's a pretty easy argument to win. And then, uh, you know, with these kennels that are gonna be built across the country, these raising centers, um, my plan is to partner up with some of the best trainers and best breeders in the country um, that, that have the passion for this, right? And, you know, my goal isn't to create some kind of cookie cutter program. My goal is to figure out uh, uh, who in the country is gonna have the best success at raising these dogs um, across the country. It's a little competition. Right. I was just going to ask you, uh, you know, you having the ability to uh, bump up to 40 kennels is not enough for what you were talking about. Yeah. That's why uh, I was glad you mentioned the other kennels. Um, geographically, you could do this all over the United States. You could have, you know, the couple on the East Coast in the middle of the country, the South, the, uh, you know, over in Oklahoma where Ted's at, the uh, out, out West. Um, so uh, where are we at with it? Uh, if you launched a first fundraiser, what's coming up? Let's get some money rolling in this thing. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Um, so we, we, um, we got a GoFundMe started. Um, the GoFundMe is, uh, you know, it's a, a pretty hefty goal. We're looking to raise uh, 1.75 million. Um, that goes into infrastructure costs, that goes into, you know, hiring staff to train dogs, that goes into buying great breeding stock, finding great breeding stock across the country. Um, there's so many things that uh, this is gonna need to get started. Um, so, you know, we're, we're fundraising now. Um, we're looking for sponsors, we're looking for donors, we're looking for people that love canine um, and, and quite honestly love this country, right? So um, uh, I'm, I'm, one of, uh, I'm one of three, so I have three brothers. Um, every single one of us uh, has, has uh, served this country. You know, I served in the Air Force. My middle brother is, in, is currently in, in the Air Force. And my, uh, my youngest brother, I, I couldn't uh, convince to not join the Air Force and he ended up uh, uh, going into the Marine Corps. Don't hold them against him, I love him. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but you know, my brother right now is, is currently serving overseas on deployment. And um, when I say like, you know, if you've never served or, or even if you did serve, like this is the next best patriotic thing that you can do to, you know, protect your country right? Um, donate to this, uh, support this, spread this, you know, spread this, uh, this podcast and, and let's get funded. Um, the faster we get funded, the faster we can start putting uh, other kennels across the country, getting other trainers involved um, and really making this program work. What I've seen uh, in the past is, you know, the federal government pumps all this money into research right and so you, you see a lot of universities get uh this working dog money but but um you know the money never goes to the knuckle dragger right the money never goes to the guys that can actually get it done and so i'm, I'm with this nonprofit, 
I'm, I'm trying to get that so that we can get the money from the federal government and, and from the country, right? Uh, to support this program and get guys in this country that are guys and women that are great at raising dogs and, and, and working these dogs um, to be able to be put in place and get us to the point that we need to be, right? So my 10 year goal is to have um, numerous kennels across the country, raising centers across the country uh, so that we can raise 1500 dogs, at least 1500 dogs a year and put them into service. That's my 10 year goal. Mm -hmm. So uh, that starts now, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, how do they do it? Where, where's the GoFundMe? Where's the, uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's great. So, um, if you go to, uh, there's a couple ways to donate. Uh, if you go to, um, American So it's American D E T dog.org, uh, check out the website. Uh, there's a donate uh, link on there. You can donate right there. Um, we also have a GoFundMe. So if you go to GoFundMe.com, you can uh, type in American Detection Dog uh, Foundation. That's going to pull up our GoFundMe. You can donate there as well. I mean, we, we take everything. So you want to send us a check, uh, you know, Stripe, Cash App, PayPal, whatever's most convenient for you. Uh, we're able to take. So we kind of made it uh, streamless and easy. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, I'm looking at the website right now. So um, very cool. That is a very worthwhile project. Because like we said in the, like, the second half of this, like, where's the gap? Like, you know, we've noticed this gap. Um, and it's been kind of coming for a long time. But I think COVID, much like it messed with everything, it kind of highlighted the... Um, it kind of highlighted the, the gap, the bottleneck and the gap. And like Eric, uh, I don't know if we recorded this part. Um, oh yeah, we did. Cause we talked about snap running around on the, Eric, on the, <laughs> on the fucking runway. Um, so uh, uh, you like the shipping companies just are really like not interested in doing it. Like it's, no. it's like, so um, yeah. But, they don't want to uh, ship dogs across the country. No, 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 they definitely do not. No, no. They definitely do not. Um, I had a guy in California ask me, he was like, who would you shoot? What airline would you use to ship? I'm like, I wouldn't because <laughs> they're not going to take a dog. I mean, because I, I can't fly a big dog out of Tulsa um, or at the crate. At the planes aren't big enough here. So I'd have to drive it to like Dallas and <laughs> like, which I mean, it's a fucking five hour drive. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'll let one of the transporters take him. But yeah, so um yeah so and you guys have instagram facebook all that stuff right I instagram like, facebook yeah. yep we have all our tags on there so yeah, um you know another thing that we're doing with the nonprofit is um we're we're giving departments the ability to control um their their own canine monies right so uh you know i, I was able to uh fundraise um you know over sixty thousand dollars for my canine unit um, and what we found is, you know, it's, it's difficult to, uh, sometimes get what you need in your units, right? Cause, uh, the, the town manager needs to sign off on it. The finance person needs to sign off on yeah. it. So by the time you get all those signatures or you get a check to pay your vendor, which is very important. Um, <laughs> Eric, you know about that. 
Yeah, um, I was going to say, Eric has horror stories about this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the time that happens, you know, you end up having these horrible relationships um, that have gone sour because, you know, your vendor can't get paid. So what we do is we actually team up with departments and um, fundraise with them. And so the monies that are raised get earmarked specifically for that canine unit, that department. And essentially what happens is, um, let's, uh, let's say, uh, you know, Tulsa has a canine unit and they were able to fundraise 100K and they need a new canine Damn. vehicle. Right, right. And, and listen, I'm telling you, if you ask, there are people in your, your cities and towns that will donate right you oh, just I, have, I know you just oh, yeah. have to ask yeah oh, I know. <laughs> so so the way it will work is you know if, if tulsa uh gets 100k donated and it's sitting in the american detection dog foundation um all that's needed is a phone call from the chief or a designated person that's allowed to spend those monies and it's like yeah dave we want to you know we want to buy a new vehicle uh here's the vehicle this is the invoice price please send the check there Done. Done. So if it's you want nice. to streamline, yeah, if you want to streamline your processes and make it easy, get the approval. Let's start uh, teaming up and, and helping you fundraise and pad those accounts. Because, uh, you know, as we move forward in the world we're living in, uh, you know, this whole defund the police movement, um, it's tough. It's tough. And, and, you know, canine may be the first to go in some departments. You know, and then that kind of in the same vein, I actually know several departments that um, use some interstates almost like an ATM. And <laughs> but right, so the seizure money goes into like the general fund, right? And then a lot of the interdiction stuff generates that, and a lot of the dogs are tied to the interdiction stuff. But when it comes time to replace a dog or buy a fucking leash, they're like, "What do you mean?" Yep. What do you mean we need a new dog? We, and but the SWAT team wants new suppressors. Here's a half million bucks. <laughs> Here's five hundred grand. Here you go. Go go hit up Surefire. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a there, card. And there's a lot of people listening right now. They're like, dude, every donation that comes into our canine program, they steal it basically and stick it in the general fund. Yep. Um, there's I we learned after Jethro died, and I don't know if it's Ohio thing or national thing, but most police departments, it's illegal for them to take donations. They're not allowed. But what happens is they do it and no one challenges it. It's actually illegal. And yeah. um, so a lot of the bigger departments uh, form um, foundations, basically. Like, uh, say, Baltimore PD is a pretty big PD. They got a foundation that can take donations. So this is where uh, you step in, you know, hey, we're going we're gonna to house your funds and ain't nobody going to take your canine money to use it to pay for some other bullshit outside of canine. Um, that's very super important because it's shady. There's the, the receiving and doling out of, of um, fundraiser monies through a department or through a city is shady as shit. It gets <laughs> stolen all the well, time. And I, am I, when I'm saying stolen, I mean, it's earmarked, it's marked on the check for canine and they stick it in some other account. That's stealing. Yeah. Period. Stealing. Then there's the whole issue of uh, the one that I love all the time. And we say it is, Oh, we don't have a budget for it. And I'm like, you know, there's not a line item. Like I've seen these budgets. Like there's not a line item on there that says canine. It's just whatever the fuck they feel like. Yeah. And that's an excuse. Like, Oh, we don't have any money for it. I'm like, 
what? I if mean, it, if it meant something to him, you would. If it was yeah, important. No, yeah. Hey, well, that's what it, and you know, and that's what we say all the time. Like, you know, what's the one? What is the one specialized unit in in law enforcement that never has to fundraise? SWAT. Yep. Never. You don't ever see them motherfuckers washing cars. <laughs> never you'll never see a SWAT guy washing a car i swear to god you'll and it'll make he might wash his but he yeah. ain't out there fucking fundraising he's not asking a body shop for right. a 2500 check to buy a dog or a suppressor so right that, that i can that i can guarantee you so what's the black rock social media give that to and the website and everything people can get a hold of you got it so uh so it's uh blackrockcanines.com uh, you can go on there. Uh, my email, all of our information is on there. And then um, for Instagram and Facebook, it's uh, BlackRock K9S. Uh, so at BlackRock K9S. Yep, I have a pile of stickers. I just put one on my fridge today at the uh, Funhouse. Nice, I a, nice. I had my shirt on the other day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I'm at uh, Ted underscore Summers on Instagram, Torchlight Pets for all of our pets. Um, we had this German Shepherd come to us as just a defensive jerk. And when he came, he I thought he was going to murder me. And then I taught him to shake because he's a pet. And uh, we have a video of him shaking a month after he tried to murder me. Uh, so yeah, we got Torchlight Pets up there. Um, go follow for cute dog photos. Uh, and then uh, Alicia ordered us a bunch of um, like little square hats and ties for the graduation pets thing. <laughs> and I was like, God bless. Well, we're going to put it on the pit bull tomorrow. So uh, Prince hmm. the pit bull is going to be wearing a graduation hat and tie. Because he's going home tomorrow, so uh, yeah, yeah we'll I keep getting we... bugged by my folks to do that, and I keep forgetting. So yeah, just ask Alicia; she'll give you the. She'll, I, she found him. I don't know where she found him. Hmm. Uh, and then Torchlight K nine, letter K number nine for um, the police side. Uh, same thing on the Facebook Torchlight Pets Torchlight K nine logos look the same. Just says one. It, it'll be obvious what you're looking at. I promise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you will know. You, you will not be surprised. Um, and Eric, you just had an Instagram ch- or a social media change, right? So you know yeah, I'm still I'm still Van S K nine Van S K nine there on Instagram. Yeah. That's mostly where I'm at. Um, the uh, Van S K nine uh, Facebook, which has always been Pets, is going to start in May. Is going to go over to all police canine and then all pet related stuff will be at ridgeside canine ohio teamed up with aaron uh to rebrand the pet side i, I just wanted to separate everything um so ridgeside canine ohio on facebook and our ridgeside canine ohio on instagram and then ridgeside canine ohio.com so um yeah man david really appreciate it uh yeah. we get we get to talk about once a week and yeah. um it's it's crazy and think about this folks 40 kennels all this stuff going on and still works the fucking patrol dog on the patrol shift at night it's ah. it's insanity and don't you have like three kids ah two two two, two? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. and a dog you got two yeah. kids and a dog and, so. and a dog and another german shepherd but i wouldn't wouldn't trade it in for the world yeah yeah there's yeah. time to sleep when you're dead right exactly bro all right speaking of sleep it's 10 47 i gotta go to bed i'm gonna eat I will see you, boys. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. Yep, thanks for having me. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. 
Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.